Hi, all. Welcome to another episode of Balance and Sanity. Yes, it's me, Monica. It's been a while. I hope all is well with you and your family. Hope that you're safe. And as always, I am thinking about you all. Um, I know some of you might be wondering, why haven't I been recording? Where have you been? What has been going on? Especially now during this pandemic where we are all stuck inside. I have actually been uh, dealing with a couple of things, specifically my health. And so I had stopped um, recording or podcasting or even thinking about podcasting because I have been just trying to get better, deal with some news that I've gotten thus far from my doctors and whatnot. And so I've just been handling that situation and trying to figure out next steps. Uh, So all in all, things have been good otherwise. Uh, This quarantine life, I'm actually, I found out that I'm all about it. I have no problems with it, no issues, no nothing. Like I actually like being inside, being on my couch, having nothing to do all day. Sad part, of course, is not being able to um, make money or to have that income coming in as always. Um, and it's not because there is no, there isn't a job available to allow me to work from home, but I've just gotten to this mood of waking up whenever I want to, going to sleep whenever I want to, and not having to have to do anything. And I've just found that I want to say 2019 was the start of that year when I got laid off in April, I think it was. And to now be here a full year later, because I got laid off in April, started working, got two jobs in October, same time. Boom, boom. Well, actually three jobs in in October. So I was working three jobs at one point up until January. Um, And then in between... April, well, actually May when I finally left, got laid off the last day for my, my, me being laid off from May up until October. Um, and I was still going to school at that time because I had another class. So I didn't finish until July. So I literally only had August, September to do nothing. Um, and then I jumped into three jobs in October and then in March, one of my contracts ended. And so I'm literally at this point now where I'm at home and I'm just like loving not having to do anything, having my brain being freed up to just wander, think, take uh, online classes, think about life, think about next steps, think about things that I just want to do um, and the plans that I have for myself. So quarantine life has not made me upset um and i know many of you have probably turned on your tv and seen people arguing for um quarantine and people arguing against quarantine and one thing that i have to say is that we can't be closed-minded to either side um and i find that when i've seen it like on instagram or i've seen it on the news or i've just seen heard people talking about it they all come from this one side approach so for those that want the the everything to be opened up. It's always coming from what well, I need this. I need this. I need this. I want my hair cut. I want to go back to work. I want to do this. I want, I feel entrapped. And it's just like, you're thinking about it from 
your needs. You're not thinking about it on the needs of everyone else. Because although you may want a haircut, that's not priority. Having everybody be susceptible to this pandemic because you want to get to get a haircut is not a good enough reasoning to allow the open of the entire um, city. And so it just got me thinking, like, how is that? Why? I don't know if it's a how or a why question, but where where have we come to a point where we can say that being given the opportunity to not have to go to work, to just take a break from life, to just be inside um, is considered slavery? And then I had a friend explain to me, well, you know, Monica, you're not living what most American people are living in. Most Americans are living in a four by four studio apartment where they don't have rooms to go to. You fortunately have your living room, your bedroom, your kitchen, your bathroom. So you can walk around and be in different spots at different time. For most people, it's they literally turn around and they're in the same spot all day long, not having to do anything. And I said, you know what? I understand that could probably drive me insane. But why not then take up a class and do something to to occupy your mind? Because um, when I hear people say, well, I want to get a haircut, but what are you getting a haircut to, to for? Like, where are you going that you need a haircut? Like, you're not going on job interviews. You're not going out to hang out with friends. You're literally inside with your family. If you're If you have a husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, kids, these people are seeing you day in and day out. So whether or not you have a haircut today, a haircut tomorrow, it doesn't matter. They're seeing you at your best and your worst all the time. Then for those that are single and living by themselves, if you can't stand to see yourself in an off period, then that's something that you need to deal with within yourself. And that's how I personally feel about it because you should be able to look at yourself in the mirror and love everything that you see about yourself, whether it's good or bad. And I'm not saying that everything that you see, you're going to be ecstatic about. Like there's sometimes I look in the mirror and I look at myself and there's some things that are bad. And I just say to myself, you know, like these are the bad things I see. How can I fix this? What can I do to make this part of me that I don't like better? And then I start to work on it. Um, so I think that's where people are not really understanding or not really taking into the bigger scope of the picture of why we need to be inside. And so then it becomes this thing where people are saying, well, it's a white privilege thing now where white people are coming across as, well, you know, it's no longer affecting my community. So I don't care what happens to the black communities. I want to go outside. The, the people that I am interacting with aren't the ones that's having it because this is just a black and an Asian thing. And it's like, no, it's so much more than that. And then for the people that are for uh, being inside and the pandemic and the closure and things like that, I feel like they may be more understanding of, yes, I understand where you're coming from, where we we want to open as well, but we also don't want to have to continuously put people's lives at risk. And so for either side, I'm just, I'm, I don't know if I'm divided or if I'm stuck in the middle or something, because I feel like if you want to, for the people that are saying that I'm against the lockdown, um, my response to them would be, so then find an essential job 
it's not like these jobs don't they don't need people because you need you need janitors you need um janitors are considered considered essential because they're cleaning hospitals nursing homes and things of that nature you're thinking people that work in apparently now if you work like in a supermarket those are essential workers so you can go and get those jobs because they're always looking for people uber is looking for people to do uber eats um for seamless grubhub they're looking for delivery drivers there are places that are constantly looking for people to come out and to be working amazon is hiring a bunch load of people instacart is looking for people because they don't have enough drivers and people to actually do the grocery shopping for people whole foods fresh direct all these people are looking for people so when people say oh i want to go back to work it's just like you can pick up another job in the interim it's not like you ever have to stop from so if so for me thinking about it some people may say well i don't want to quit my job i love my job but you don't have to quit your job you can keep your job your job is not currently paying you right now for some people in the interim if you don't want to collect unemployment you could actually go out and find another job that you can work part-time full-time until your your other job decides to take you back on and then you can do these other jobs that you take on during this pandemic as a seasonal position. So what that means is that you work from X date until the pandemic is over and you're getting paid and you're working and then you go back to your reg- your regular job, your regular nine to five. And so I don't understand why people are just like up in arms about like, let me out, let me out, let me out. And it's like, there are so many other ways that you you can freely walk these streets and get paid and have a job. And then... For those people that are collecting unemployment but still complaining about the economy, I'm not understanding how it's how the two work. Like you're complaining that you want to go to work, but you're getting unemployment. And for some people, this unemployment check is much more than what they were making when they were working a nine to five. I heard in some states, I don't know if New York is one, some states uh, everybody is collecting about a thousand to fifteen hundred a week. And when I was on unemployment, I was doing about four fifty a week. So you're talking about damn near triple time, triple what I was making on employment. People are making that now. And then for some people, they end up getting that higher mark of the fifteen hundred because they're also filing for a federal unemployment, which you can get depending on your state, which guarantees you an additional five hundred dollars on whatever you're getting from your your state. So the federal gives you five hundred and then your state gives you whatever they're generated towards this pandemic for people that are suffering during the the virus. So it's, it's a, I don't know, the U.S. to me just, we just always in the last place and people always talk about, oh, the U.S. is the best. But when you look at it compared to other countries, we always lackluster. Canada's paying people every month. We, we gave people stimulus check one time for a full year and some some countries are getting a stimulus check every month to cover their bills but people love the us of a and i don't i for one don't understand um but another thing that i've also noticed is that we have a lot of free time and people just don't know how to use this time um wisely Uh, some people do some people don't because i know when this first started I took the time to say, you know what, I'm just going to 
get my hell together and I'm gonna just watch a whole bunch of movies. And that's literally what I did for six weeks. All I did was focus on my health, my diet, making sure that everything I was putting into my body was um, was not damaging it. So I wasn't eating any meat, any processed foods, no sugar, no sodas. Although right now I'm really craving for some Izzy's. Um, all I was drinking was water. All I was doing was eating raw, um, raw fruits and vegetables. Um, d- during a program that I was working with this doctor, uh, Dr. Brooke Goldner and her husband. Um, and this program is geared towards people that have autoimmune issues of all varieties of flavors. And so what they do in the Sisters program is they reboost your system. So they get you to eat these raw fruits and vegetables, mostly raw vegetables. You had to have For every three cups of veggies you had raw, you would have one cup of fruits. And the fruits was like your sugar to make it all taste better. And so you would put this in a smoothie and you would drink this. For me, suffered through it terribly. My stomach was not with it. Um, Everything was bothering me. I don't know if it was the medication. I don't know, excuse me, if it was the greens that I was eating, if it was uh, the different things that was happening at the time, the stress, the anxiety, I don't know what it was, but my stomach was not having it. A lot of the times I was just like not eating the required amount of food. So as you know, as a grown adult, you need to have like 1200 calories of food. I was barely hitting 200. So I went from a, a, a weight of 124 pounds to 101 in six weeks. Um, well, not actually six weeks, but then four weeks by the fifth week I started eating more and I started gaining weight and then I ended up going to 106 right now I'm about 107 108 I'm not doing the fully raw anymore but I still juice every morning um and I juice like a bunch of kale parsley cilantro cucumbers celeries all that stuff that you know doesn't really sound good but it tastes amazing um so I juice and then I try to eat Um, some salad and whatever else I'm eating, but I don't use any oils anymore. Like I'm cutting out all oils uh, simply because when you think about what an oil is, it's if you ever put oil on anything, it's always hard to come off when you're just washing it with water. So you would need soap to take off oil. So that's the same thing that's happening in your body. Every time you digest this oil, it's like leaving the, it's like becoming slick as it's in your body. So everything is just like rubbing off of it like the same way water would run off of it if you have it somewhere i hope you can catch that visual because it makes sense in my head i don't know if i'm explaining it properly but so i'm cutting out all oils it's also inflammatory um and for a person that's suffering with lupus that's not something that i want to be digesting at this moment um because i'm trying to you know clean out flush out my system trying to be able to be that to have a digestive system that works so like every time I eat I'm going to the bathroom um and that's how we're supposed to be dieting I don't want to be all up in your business about the diet and things like that but that's just what I've been going through I caught up on a a lot of movies I was so happy about that I got about six more movies that I need to catch up on but other than that I am in a good place I started reading took some online classes about traveling and uh, real estate. And I'm trying to get into screenwriting now because I have an idea for, I 
I want to say a movie, but I feel like it can be a series, like a really short series, like a four-part series, and call it a day. Um, so, yeah, so that those are things that I've been doing, trying to figure out my next steps and going to school. I'm trying to figure out if I want to go back to studying to be a lawyer because I still love politics. And politics is all, is just like my life and being a lawyer, do I want to practice? And then there's also, because I have my master's in divinity, do I want to be a chaplain? And so with the chaplaincy, I'd be able to work in a hospital, prisons, things like this, and just, you know, be that spiritual person for people that are going through losing loved ones. And I think that'd be a good place for me because I'm not one to be forceful with my religion if you want to talk about religion i'm with you if you want to argue about it i'm with you like i don't get upset about it you know i just like to have those types of conversations and i feel maybe that's where i'm supposed to be but i don't know yet uh one thing i do know is that i want to start traveling more because as my health declines i figure if it declines to a point where you know i may have to have surgery or god forbid i may end up losing my life I would rather have lived a life worth living than just to be suffering and sitting at home and not doing nothing or just working nine to five and never seeing the world. So for me, I'm just on this whole trip of once we come out of quarantine, I'm sticking to my guns. I'm going to start traveling at least three to four times a year, depending on where, even if I have to go by myself, I'll just go uh, meet friends, be open minded as possible and live life and be happy about it. Because to be stuck in one place doing the same mundane thing over and over again, waiting for things to happen for me, it's it's not worth it. Um, I hope you could. I hope I don't sound too relaxed because I am just like in a mellow mode. But I wanted to brush you up on everything that's been happening with me and what's been going on. Um, so I did talk to my parents. If you're wondering, well, my parents. My dad still doesn't know. I've spoken to my mom um, about where where I stand right now. Don't necessarily want to put that out in the over the podcast waves, um, but know that I'm okay. Uh, but I've spoken to my mom. My sister knows. My pastor knows. So those people are praying for me, and people are praying for me in general, even if they don't know how severe my situation has become. But I don't want anybody to worry. If anything, just continue to pray for me. Keep me in your prayers. Um, continue to send good thoughts. If you don't, if you don't believe in religion, you don't believe in God. Just send me good thoughts. Um, I appreciate everything. Uh, I love everything that you're sending me. All the good vibes, well wishes, all of that. The prayers. I'm for it. Uh, as far as ah, the mental capacity that's happening also during this pandemic it is so weird to see on instagram still the tale of two cities and it's so funny that it's called that because i was reading how when mayor bloomberg first got into office for new york not bloomberg sorry de blasio mayor de blasio got into office for as the mayor of new york he he suggested a tale of two cities. And what that necessarily means for us in New York is that we have the white city and we have the black city. And you can see that even now during this pandemic, where anywhere that you look, 
Central Park was packed with white people sitting on the lawns, having a great time, sunbathing. I have no problems with that. They weren't distancing themselves. That's why I have the issue, the social distancing. They weren't doing that. But they were out in the sun. You know, it's a nice day. It's hard to keep people indoors. Got it. The uniformed police officers were out handing them masks, face masks. Wasn't really bothering them. Wasn't really telling them what to do. Then you come to Brooklyn. And people are... It was several different instances. People outside was one. And it wasn't as compact as it was for Central Park. These are little hubs of people just standing out either outside in front of their house or on their stoops or just outside. Like when I say a couple, I'm talking about like two to five people. The cops throwing them against the cars, brutalizing them, slammed this one kid into the floor, gave him a concussion. He slammed this kid so hard into the floor that the the dude passed out. I'm talking about unconscious. And there was another one where a cop had his knee in a guy's throat, although he was on the floor for not social distancing. There was a funeral procession that was happening in Brooklyn and cops just started throwing people up against the car and just like beating them up and arresting them. And it's just like, why is this being done? Why? This should not be a thing that should be happening at this moment. Then when you think about all of these things that are happening, they also said, we would like you to give us, I don't know who requested this uh, survey, but somebody had requested a report to see the comparison of how many people were being arrested for the whole social, social distancing thing. And the mayor, apparently, quote, quote unquote, excuse me, I don't know how true this is, but the mayor said that it was being evenly distributed the number of arrests between the two ethnic groups, black and white. An independent report came out saying that that was a complete lie, that 63% of black people, more black people were being arrested than white people. And I was, I'm not shocked. I live in New York. I know what it is. I know what it's like to live in a black community. I know what it's like to live because the community I live in now is predominantly white. And so even when people talk about it, they talk about it being the good part of the Bronx because it's a lot of Irish people around where I live. And I used to live on the Grand Concourse. So I know what that looked like back in the days where you couldn't go outside. People were getting shot, gangs everywhere. I remember those days. And so to hear this, it was not shocking to me. What's shocking to me is that we continuously have police officers and our own mayor trying to say that somehow we are crazy. Like the people that are saying like, these are the things that's happening to us. They're saying, no, no, your, your statistics are off. They weren't calculated right. Something must be wrong. But then when you see tape of people that have assault rifles, weapons, guns, all in the police face, not getting arrested, not getting tased, not getting smacked, not getting punched, just free to do whatever they want. And then you see black people that can barely, if they even look at the cop, they're getting knocked out. There's this one video, and I'm going off on a tangent and I'm going to stop after this. There's this one video of a guy being handcuffed. His hands are cuffed. The police officer doesn't realize that he's being filmed somehow i don't know what was said between them but words you still shouldn't hit somebody 
the police officer clocks off, knocks this man in his head several times while he's trying to arrest him. The guy never assaults the police officer, never puts the harm, never resists arrest, none of those things. And then the the officer that was with the other of, the police officer arresting this guy just stood there, didn't say in a word, doesn't flinch, like something that happens every single day. And it is something to be said for us as a community where we consistently allow this to happen, that we pretend that, oh, if I vote this person into office, they're going to be on my side. No one is for you until you show up and make and demand them to be for you. So even when we think about the presidency that's coming up now and the people that are running, we're supposed to be voting at every single level. The president is coming into office and said, I don't want him to be there. Um, and I'm talking about the Democrat nominee. If he's going to be in there, we need to demand things of him. We need to demand him to give us more than what he's trying to give us and not accept his. I don't I don't even want his shenanigans like that's the easiest way I can say it. Like we can't accept that. And then when we talk about these senators that we have in place, we need to demand things for them, have them do the things that we need to feel safe in our communities and to be feel safe as just being black. Like, why am I, and I say this in a general sense, why am I targeted and, and treated like I'm going to murder you just because I'm black? More mass shootings are happening across the world, across the USA, in schools by white people with assault rifles, AK-47s or whatnot, but yet... I'm not saying that all black people are innocent because no one is innocent. We all have our faults. We all, there are crimes that are committed on a daily basis. People should be held accountable, but everybody should not be getting the same treatment based off of one bad apple. And that's all I have to say about that. Um, in other news though, people are finding love in this quarantine. People are finding their romantic um, I don't know what to call it, but somebody that they would love to continue on a relationship with. People are still getting married out here, which is amazing because I don't know if I would have done it, but people are getting married, uh, doing it virtually, having their people on Zoom virtually tuning in to watch a wedding, sending congratulations. More Zoom meetings are being done with people having one-on-ones with their friends. Uh, I just recently had a Zoom brunch with a couple of my girlfriends, which was amazing. And a bunch of other people just, it gives you that time to not have to have an excuse to say, oh, I'm too busy to call or to reach out to such and such. So that's one thing that's also amazing about this pandemic is just, it gives you the time to say, you know what? I've procrastinated long enough about reaching out to so-and-so. Let me Take the time now to contact such and such, reach out to them, say hello, talk to your parents. I've, I literally speak to my parents almost every day now, which is very good, very different. Um, I speak to my sister just as often, speak friends like once or twice a week, whether it be through text or through a phone call. Um, so there's different ways to connect things. Still not dating, still don't think I want to date. Uh just because I don't want to bring somebody else into what I have going on here. 
especially when it comes to my health and having to worry. Like, I don't like people worrying about me. And I've come to, I knew that, but I've come to realize that even more so. So that's another reason why I keep a lot of how I'm going and what I'm feeling close to my chest, because I don't want people to have to walk around on eggshells around me or be like, oh my God, how are you? How are you? Are you okay? Can you do this? I just don't want to bother you. I want to leave you alone. And so I just don't tell people so they can ask me what they want. And if I can, I will do it. If I can, I'll say no. Um, what else? Yeah, that's about it. Um, still doing this vegan life, trying my best. It's hard because some days I do crave some seafoods and some scramps and some crab legs and, you know, that kind of stuff. But I feel if I can get my health to a place where I'm comfortable, I'll have it, you know, once every four years or something, you know, where I'm not completely off it. But then I'm also not completely off the bandwagon and just trying to get more greens into my my daily lifestyle and my daily eating. So thus far, everything else has been great. Um, I thought I would have more to say, but I don't. So I just want to keep this short and just tell you that I'm praying for you. And I have all you in my mind. I've literally just been relaxing, you know, mental break from life and from everything staying inside. Because going outside for me is more harmful, especially because I have um, a weakened immune system. And then the medication that I take also weakens my immune system so it's like a catch-22 for me um so it's a lose-lose any way that I think about it but staying hydrated making sure I'm inside making sure I have food eating when necessary um you know just doing what I have to do but I hope all is well with you all and I hope to be talking to you again soon um yeah love all of you and thank you for listening. Hopefully the next time you'll hear my voice, I have more to talk about and something more in depth. So we shall see. Until then, talk to you soon.